guys. Welcome back to another edition of Geek Out, hosted by Those Guys Geek. We're doing it a little old school this week because a couple of our guys are out. Uh, Mike decided to go and have some children, and uh, Chris is a little hey. under the weather, but uh, we're going to give those guys a break. Obviously, you know, Mike's going to need some time to become a father. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mike, Mike needs a bit of time, you know, to get uh, everything arranged and whatnot. Then he'll be back with us at some point. And uh, Chris, we're just gonna make sure he's uh, he's all well and good. But anyway, let's get into it. I'm Steve. I'm Jason. I'm Charles. And guys, we got a great show for you this week. We're gonna geek out about a bunch of stuff, but we're gonna start right off with some Nintendo news. So, Jason, tell us what happened in Nintendo. Well, Nintendo didn't really announce anything, but. Uh, um... The Wall Street Journal actually came out with a report from some of their analysts talking about uh, their new NX uh, console, which is obviously their uh, uh, what everybody's kind of waiting for from them now. So uh, basically the report said uh, the hardware in the console is going to be uh, industry-leading, very high-end. Uh, they were talking hardware equivalent to or greater than uh, the power of what we see in the Xbox One of the PS4 currently. Uh, and the really big tag, and as we know, most of Nintendo's consoles recently have had uh, um, kind of like, uh, you know, the Wii U is all motion controls, and the Wii U is uh, an iPad on steroids. So uh, the the gimmick that they're going for this time is reportedly that it's going to be a hybrid console uh, slash mobile device. You're going to be able to actually use it on the go uh, as well and not be tied down to the console itself. But this is, of course, all... Rumors Nintendo is just very much saying, uh, "Hey, we're not talking about this till next year. Everyone, relax. Uh, you know, wait for us to say something." So I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, it'd be nice to see them uh, go that route since they've been so staunchly against competing directly with Sony and Microsoft. That uh, be kind of a new thing for them to maybe admit that they need to compete with them on some level. So. I don't know what you guys think about it. Well, well the, uh, yeah. you go you go ahead, Charles. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, like, the little <laughs> hand drawing or whatever the heck it is in that uh, news release, I mean, it, it kind of looks they're staying kind of to the Wii U uh, standard, right? But, I mean, it's going to be good for them for sure. Now, I mean, see... Oh, you, oh, I thought you were finished, Charles. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you, you go ahead. You finish what you're saying. I'm, uh, I'm having a little bit of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what I was going to say is anybody who's been watching uh, our podcast now for a while, I don't make it. Um, I don't, I, I don't make it a secret that I, I really don't like Nintendo and pretty much what they've done. Not saying that I haven't liked Nintendo in the past. I'll be the first to admit, Nintendo 64 and GameCube were like some of the best systems I ever owned. But the problem I find with Nintendo is ever since they released the Wii, they have been completely forgetting about core gamers and what they want, and and obviously Xbox and PlayStation has taken over that, that market. So before we started this, um, I was going to label this segment More Empty Promises from Nintendo, because apparently the Wii U was supposed to come out, and it was supposed to revolutionize the, the, the Nintendo, and it didn't do anything. If anything, it actually pushed developers away. Ubisoft said, we're not making any more M titles for the Wii U because they don't do well at all. So I'm incredibly skeptical about this. I think that Nintendo 
is like what we're going to talk about soon. It's like BlackBerry in terms of the gaming market is that they are trying to punch into a market that's already saturated and it just, I, I don't think they're ever going to reach the level of status they're ever going to be. I mean, the Wii, I mean, you look at the the, the, the Wii systems, I mean, you look at the, the catalogs for them, it's all fucking kids games or, or Mario this and Mario that and Mario does Dallas or some shit like that. It's always Mario games and Pokemon games or Smash Brothers or something like that. There's no core games there. Like, like you see the games behind me, there's, there's no, like... There's nothing. There's nothing for these game systems. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Nintendo can come back with this new system. If they can, if they can, uh, re- actually, uh, stay true to that promise, saying that hey, we're going to release a system that is either going to be comparable or more than what the systems are right there, because that's what they need to do. They need to be on that level if they want to appeal to core gamers. So, I mean, that's my take on it. I, I'm still 100% skeptical. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh... It's hard to deny that Wii U hasn't really been a success for them, obviously, but, uh, I mean, I have one. I love, I'm not, like, here's the thing. Personally, I'm not running out to buy Call of Duty for the Wii U. I'm buying Mario Kart or Super Mario Brothers or Mario Maker, which I just picked up, which is phenomenal. But, Did like, you play Mike's level? I haven't yet. I know, it's, uh, <laughs> I can get into that about how really hard it is to get to the point where you can search the online catalog, but uh, the game is fun. The problem Nintendo has is that they're the only developer who knows how to take advantage of these functions of their systems. Like, if you look at the Wii or the Wii U, like, they were the only ones who were ever able to make a solid motion control game or or a solid game that takes advantage of the tablet peripheral. Uh, and third-party developers just aren't willing to jump into that. I mean, if you look at Microsoft with the Kinect or Sony with their fucking testicle wand thing that they had, like, nobody wants to make games for those things. So it's, uh, you know, it, it, and of course the sales are kind of, you know, abysmal. 10 million units sold in two years is not the kind of numbers they want to see. But I think Nintendo's kind of positioned to, to make some changes. I think they realize they've made a bunch of mistakes here in the last little bits. Uh, you know, one big example is their whole plan to create an actual online system that's very similar to how Xbox and Sony does it through membership instead of, uh, like, these fucking friend codes and stuff that they do now that's all kind of garbage. So, I mean, if, if there is a company in gaming that I'm not afraid of dying, it's probably Nintendo. They have, you know, the name the history, the backing, and the money to probably compete in the market if they really if they really had to. So uh, I'm not exactly concerned that, you know, if this next console doesn't do well, they're going to just die off. Like, it's, I, I don't think it's going to be anything that drastic. But see, now, here, here's the thing, um, though, Jason, and you mentioned that they're a company that you don't think is going to die off. Um, I mean, I go, I, I, I'll compare it to the mobile industry. Um, they, I, I look at them as the BlackBerry of the gaming industry now, but I also look at them as kind of the uh, kind of the Apple as well, in terms of sticking with what they know, and they are playing by their own rules, and they're they're doing things that they want to do. You know, they are very first party strong, and Apple's been like that for years, but now Apple is now starting to open up and allow third party developers to make third-party apps like keyboards and open to do the open source, something that Apple hasn't done for ever. 
And so I, I'm hoping that Nintendo's kind of going to use that as an example and say, hey, you know, we should make these features appealing because, I mean, that tablet for the Wii U, that's a cool peripheral to do a lot of cool things in games. And I always thought that, but the thing is, is there's no fucking games doing it. It's all Mario shit or anything like this. Like, I just, I'm sick and tired of Nintendo focusing on the first party all the time when there's lots of third party developers out there doing amazing things. And you have this beautiful peripheral that can allow you to do so many things, and nobody's taking advantage of it. And I'm just like, guys, you got you got to stop doing Mario everything and this and start doing uh, things. I think or it's, or, like it's, it's I, saturated. Every year, there's like six Mario games. I think it's unfair to blame Nintendo for a third-party developer's failure to take advantage of a product. But I but I don't I don't necessarily think. Possibly, like it could be two. There could be two sides to that coin. It could possibly be Nintendo saying to the third party, "Well, if you're if you're not going to do it our way, then we don't want anything to do with you." Or it could just be the third party saying, "This is a piece of shit, and we don't want to do anything for you." I think. So, I think one thing too is you're kind of comparing apples and oranges when you compare gaming to mobile. Um, and I'm comparing company standards. Just I'm just using those as world examples so people listening to us can relate to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you you say you look at Nintendo as the BlackBerry of uh, of the gaming market, and I think that's a little bit. It's a different take. Like, uh, you know, mobile is its own industry. Gaming is its own industry. They're both hard markets to compete in. Gaming is an exceptionally hard market to make money in, especially on the hardware end. Uh, but I just think, you know, Nintendo, unlike BlackBerry, for example, you know, it's not like their stocks are tanking and they're, you know, desperate no. to come up with a solution to save themselves. Do you know what I mean? Charles, you know, I don't, you've been awfully quiet. I, I don't know what, uh, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, my only thing is that, I mean, you get a Nintendo because you want Nintendo, you want Mario, you want that kind of, it's not, I mean, that's why they're still here is that they do have their own success and they've created their own success, you know. And if that is with Mario only, I mean, they've had their other, uh, you know, they've had all kinds of other games and different developers playing with them, but, I mean, it's, you can't topple Nintendo. I mean, I don't think they're going anywhere, and in fact, I mean, even if, I mean, right, kind of abysmal sales on the Wii U or whatever, and uh, it's, it's, it's Nintendo. Everybody's going to buy a Nintendo. But, uh, but, I mean... It, it, the the thing is, is, and what I'm trying to say is, I want this company to succeed. I I want to see Nintendo get back to you know. And I don't think they're not going to succeed. And I don't think they're looking for you to buy one. You don't want it. It's not. No. It's not. It's not. <laughs> what do you mean there? You know but here's mean? the thing, though. But here's the thing, though, Charles. I want that machine. But there's nothing for like I would love to have a machine like that. I think the Wii U, when it when I saw what it can do, it has a lot of potential. It has a lot right. of potential. And could that be could that be Nintendo's fault? Could it be the third party's fault? We'll never know. I kind of lean towards more so on the third party's fault. So if that's the case, grow up third party companies and start developing for this console because it is a great console. Take advantage of it. But could we see something similar in the next console? Possibly. I would love to see this company succeed. Do I think it would ever get to the point where it's it's going to be an Xbox or it's going to be a PlayStation? 
I don't know. They have a long way to go if they want to be at that level. But I don't think they want to be, and that's not a level thing that they're trying to achieve either. I think it's they are what they are. Nintendo is is going to be here for. You look at the other consoles of the time. I mean, they've all folded up and gone, and Nintendo's been there from the beginning, almost creating the whole genre. You know, I, I, and I agree. Still today. And, and I mean, uh, let, let's give Nintendo its due. Like, I mean, they own the mobile gaming market. Uh, like, cell phones aside, they own casual gaming. They, there's like, I mean, they, they own it so much that Sony's casual gaming doesn't even exist anymore. And Xbox, I don't even know if Xbox is even thinking about getting into casual gaming. If they, if they, I, it would be something honestly that I don't think they'd ever be able to do because one thing I do find with Nintendo, and I will tell them that what they do right is they do mo- they do casual gaming insanely well, better than their console, one hundred percent. And I don't think anybody would want that because as we've seen with the Vita, high end HD gaming is not appealing in terms of a casual sense. HD, HD gaming is sitting at home and whatnot. So Perhaps, perhaps then, uh, if the rumor is true and this is a hybrid console that sits, you know, somewhere, you know, you can take the tablet if it, you know, if it's a tablet, take it and move on the go and play it from more than a distance of two and a half feet from the console... Uh, you know, take it on the bus and continue your game or or what have you. Maybe they will have something a little bit different to work with in that case. You know, maybe they are tapping into the fact that, hey, our 3DS line or our mobile market is, like, way up here. What can we do to kind of leverage that to the home base as well? And, and maybe that's what they're thinking. Uh, I just think it's, it's, it's probably a little bit too early to tell until they actually come out and say, this is what we're doing. This but is if, our idea. But if there's anybody that can do it, it's going to be Nintendo. And like you said, Charles, you know, Nintendo does what Nintendo does, and that's what they and they do Nintendo. And and that's the thing. Like this company has been around, you know, even before the word video game was even invented. And you know, I would love to see this company succeed. I would love for them to come back, but I just I don't think, think that they, they are I don't, succeeding. I don't. But but succeed in terms like, that a gamer like myself who doesn't like the kitty games, I, w- I want to be able to look at the Wii, and I want, I want that. I want, I, want to be like, I want that console. Like, I need that console, because I would rather play Call of Duty on that than I would on the Xbox. That's what but, I want. I wanted to get to that point. Why? why? That's what I don't understand. Why, why do you want it to be like that? Because like, you have an I, Xbox to play those games but here's on. The thing, why though, do you need to play the same game? Great, it's a great... I think... It's a great peripheral in the Wii U that can be used so well in these games. Because, I mean, people, people are saying, like, in terms of the fact that, you know what, you, you have the second screen gaming experience now with all these apps and whatnot. Nintendo had that. They have but, that right there built into the hardware. You don't need to But you're talking about third-party developers building it for, like, Call of Duty and all this stuff. You know, you can go on right now with the... Uh, the um, uh, Spyglass Companion, and it's useless. It sucks. Why would you even use it? I used it on my tablet like three or four times. Not all of them are good. I mean, I mean, not all of them are <laughs> so good. Why do we but, want to? but here's the thing, though: the the majority of the ones that I've used are great. Like the the, the Assassin's Creed Companion for Black Flag was oh, amazing. Fuck you, an Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
anyway, anyway, let's just agree. It doesn't enhance anything. Here's here's the thing before we move on, Steve. Here's what I don't get. You're talking about Nintendo like they're already (laughs) dead in the water. And you're acting like, you know, they need this thing to appeal to a core gamer. But I severely disagree. I think the core gaming market, if they're going to buy a console, they're probably already buying an Xbox or a PlayStation 4. Nintendo's probably already figured that out, and they're trying to leverage something else altogether. And their biggest strength is their first-party games. And regardless of whether or not you want to play Mario games, everyone else does because they sell millions of copies. Yes, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but here's the thing, though. Wouldn't it be cool, instead of buying, excuse me, a Call of Duty game <laughs> and having a companion app on your tablet, having it all there. No. In one. It wouldn't be cool because nobody gives a shit about second screen peripherals. No one wants them. I think there's a lot of potential, and I always thought the Wii U was great there, but I think that's where they failed. They had the ability to do a, a really fluid second screen experience, and they just failed. Whether that's the third party app's fault or, or the third party developers or Nintendo. I guess we'll never know. I mean, that's the stuff that happens behind closed doors. But I, I would just like... I want to see Nintendo get back to the days... I mean, I would just like to see this company get back to the days where, you know, they were they were an everything machine. What? Not saying that they need to be. I just like to see them get back to the... Just be, I, maybe, I, maybe it's I, just for nostalgic reasons. I don't get it, man. Like, for 25 years, they've had trouble getting third-party developer support. Like, this isn't new problems. This is how they've been forever. And how and about I've been this? complaining how about, about it for 20 years. <laughs> how about the second screen is only successful with a Nintendo game? Yeah. So why do they care about third party if they can't get it and they don't want it? The third party developer doesn't want to bother with it. They don't want to devote the resources to it. Nintendo probably doesn't give a shit. And they're like, you know what? I don't know. I, I I guess for me it's just you know looking at a company that I used to love just kind of fizzle away and I don't know. I used to love Nintendo so much. <laughs> they agree. Yeah. Like they they rewind. Market <laughs> market October 2015. Steve declares bankruptcy of Nintendo. <laughs> I, no, I'm not, I'm not they, saying that they're they, dead. I, I mean, if anything, they're, they're just dead. I'm not saying that they're dead. I'm just saying that they don't appeal to the mass you. gaming market. They don't they, appeal to you. They, they, okay, they don't appeal to me. You know, fuck you, Nintendo. You're not doing what I tell you to do. Anyway, we're moving on to another company. Now we're going to talk about another company that, honestly, I would love to see succeed because one, they're a Canadian company, and two, I think they made kick-ass hardware. I just think that they've kind of done it wrong in the past couple of years, and now they're going with an Android system, which is what I've said about this for years now. I've said that they had to go. We're going to talk about BlackBerry, and the new BlackBerry Priv is coming out. Uh, Jason is absolutely in love with it. It's like his second, it's like his first child or something like that. He wants to fuck it. Um, but, like, nice. BlackBerry... <laughs> but, 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 I mean, you're salivating over it. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with you that it's going to be a bad phone. Honestly, I think this is a really good step in the right direction for BlackBerry in terms of that they're taking now with a phone and taking the operating system that I said back when the Z10 came out that they should be going with Android. But my only issue with it is that they're going... My, my only issue with it is that they're going with a slider phone, which I don't think is appealing to the consumer market. I think it's appealing to business. 
but I just I think they're still trying to kind of inch their way into the consumer market when they really should I think 100% go as business phone. But you guys are obviously going to disagree with me, so <laughs> I'm not going to. I think here's I go. Think, I think in the current mobile market, there is the line between consumer and business isn't there the way it used to be. I disagree. I, I don't think BlackBerry has anything to leverage to an enterprise market anymore because their idea of what made them enterprise was like Biz and Bez enterprise networks and stuff like that. Those lines don't really exist anymore. You can get the same system for Android and iPhone. You can get a multi-platform system that does the exact same thing. I disagree because I have seen the line... I, I, I touched the line. No, I, I can still... When I, worked in, when I worked in cell phones, which was only a few months ago, I, I, I could tell you there was a distinctive line between the business needs and the consumer needs. When a business person came in, nine times out of ten, they wanted what older Blackberries gave them, a very you know refined system, secure, and whatnot, and the newer phones are not doing that. So I think... Like there is still that line. I mean, it, it, it's different wherever you go. You know, I mean, I've worked in New Brunswick, I've worked in Newfoundland, and trust me, I can see differences in both. But I mean, it might be different in Alberta. I mean, the businesses up there might be more leaning more towards the consumer. But I don't know, Charles. Do you like? I mean, with your experience, do do you think that today the line between business and consumer is still there? Um, is it kind of fading a little bit more? Like, what do you think? I think it's totally fading. Because I mean, fuck you, you no one wants to agree. Exactly. That's, and that, that's my only point. This is fine. We're not here to fucking agree with everything that we all say. So show no, would be interesting if we did that. I mean, I, I think that, uh, like Jason said, I mean, every every platform, every you know, Android is, has made strides to... to but Android, Apple, I mean, they're all kind of working towards you need a device for everything. Business, here's your business, personal. You can even, in you know, Samsung's really good in, in dividing up their, like from their Knox, uh, Samsung Knox software. I mean, you can just go right into a whole other, you can create a whole partition on your device for business and then go back to your personal, keeping everything separate. I mean... I'll say definitely, uh, you know, there were a lot of clients if, if you know, they were used to a BlackBerry and not that they didn't want to change, but, I mean, the convenience of what BlackBerry has kept as their standard, I mean, was always picked up upon. But uh, that said, I mean, them, Android being involved with the uh, the Priv, I think, is, is going to It's brilliant. They needed it. Oh, now, now, now to this, Steve, too, though, I had a lot of business clients when I was working in mobility, which was whenever that was, even last year, you know, clients coming in and, you know, kind of disappointed with what, you know, you can't use any kind of, like, Android APKs on, on the BlackBerry uh, OS. They want more. In, so to that business, has it changed, has it blurred, whatever, you know, even businesses have some extra requirements, not even requirements, but they have needs that they want to meet with different uh, applications that weren't available. As you were saying on, on even the you know BlackBerry 10 when they released that, you know, uh, I think this is only a very good thing. 
I, I've said it because, like, I mean, I was a part of the Z10 launch when I worked for, yeah. for, mo for mobile. Um, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you right now and say that BlackBerry 10 was absolute dog shit. It, it started are, crappy. It, 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 they did improve it. I feel that it did come a long way, for sure. And their desktop software was even worse. Like, that, that was just a pile of shit. But I, I said right from the get-go, with this phone, because I'll—I mean, I'll be the first to say, man, the Blackberries—they—they're solid machines. That Z10 had the best touchscreen keyboard of any phone I've used ever. Android, iOS, the whole works. It was so responsive. It—it it, it did not fuck up like you would on any other thing. Like it was—it was a perfect operating system, except for the fact that it was a Blackberry operating system. It, you know, it had a lot of the same Blackberry features there. You know, it had the hub, which is a great feature. But the problem is, is it was a BlackBerry operating system. I said right from the get-go that BlackBerry should scrap BlackBerry 10 and go completely with Android. So I think <clears throat> this is a great step in the right direction. I'm not such a huge fan on the slider because I think we've moved past slider phones and physical I don't keyboards. Think, but you know, I think it's still uh, very relevant. Um, it, it, but in, in terms of business, yes. In terms of the consumer market, not so much. But we could see. We could see. Don't slide the phone. Use the touch screen. But here's what I'm. Here's what I'm going to say. We could see a resurgence of, of what I what I find. And and Jason, you know, we've had a, we had a lengthy conversation about this the other day. What I find that BlackBerry might actually be doing, and what a lot of people say, you know, you look to the past to solve your future failures. You know, I think this is kind of what BlackBerry might be doing. Could they be going back to go forward? And you know. Whether I think it's old technology or not, I can tell you right now, there's going to be people lined up for this phone. I, I will say this. I mean, I'm pretty hot to trot to buy it. Like, I, I have a Note 3 now. I miss BlackBerry hardware. I always found, like, reception-wise, BlackBerry put in very high-quality antenna, very high-quality parts. They made a very solid phone. I will agree with you, Steve, for once today. Uh, I find BlackBerry's biggest problem is that they they were too slow to adapt. So, uh, for example, I don't know if you guys remember when the reports came out when they purchased OS X, like, uh, or QNX, sorry. Uh, they, had, they took a long time to decide whether or not to, you know, should we adapt it in with our current Java system? Should we scrap it and go all new? And that's kind of when we had the, uh, um, what were those BlackBerry phones that came out that were kind of just before the the Z10s, that's kind of when we had those, like... The, it was like a... It, well, the 9900, which, in my opinion, is the greatest BlackBerry ever created, uh, came up before to... that. Uh. And then there was that... Those those random curve touchscreen bullshit Yeah, phones. so they, they made a couple phones just prior to their QNX-launched uh, OS 10 BlackBerry 10 devices. Uh, but I think the problem is they've always just been slow to adapt. As you remember... The first BlackBerry, the Z10, was old hardware, you know, software that had been in development for a while. No one was really too excited about it when it launched. Uh, and those that were, like you said, were disappointed. You guys were probably, I think you guys were both there during the launches of those phones to kind of see that, you know, shit, they kind of they fell apart. And I think, uh, Steve, the reason why they probably didn't jump the gun with Android is because they spent a lot of money investing in QNX, which could be why that wasn't really an option for them. I mean, you know, you spend a lot of money, you develop 
this software, this product, and then you don't use it. That's a lot of money pissed away for nothing, you know. Yeah. It's all, it's all risk and reward. I think Blackberry's, the thing about this phone that's uh, quite nice is that they, they're kind of going all out. I mean, the processor, the RAM, the storage, like, this is all high-end Well, stuff. it's on par with everything else. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, camera, I mean, per- you know. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I just want to say, personally, my theory behind it is that uh, if they're leveraging a partnership with Google, perhaps this is the first step for BlackBerry to become an authorized Google phone reseller. Perhaps they are scrapping BlackBerry 10 at some point down the line, and the success or failure of this phone may kind of hinge its future. I mean, John Chan has said himself that if the phone doesn't sell more than what was it, $5 million, which I think is totally unrealistic. It's not going to sell that well. But, uh, you know, if it doesn't sell that many, it's it's not viable for them to be a handset maker anymore. And if they have a partnership with a company like Google, that, that kind of stuff becomes slightly more irrelevant. So, I mean, I guess it's hard to say. Uh, I, I'm pretty excited for it. I want to get my hands on one before I buy it. I'm not going to just be like, you know... Oh yeah, it's here. Better <laughs> run to the store. But like you know, it is definitely a a phone I am excited for. As far as the slider goes, Steve, you know, you might look at his old technology, but I miss yeah that, that physical keyboard. That's that's something BlackBerry's always done right. And I don't know how in the fuck you'd expect them to have a physical keyboard on a 5.4-inch phone without it being a slider. Oh, wait, they did that. It was called the Passport, and it wasn't that wonderful. So that, no, no, I will. Okay, I, I'll agree with you there. Like, I actually won a Passport uh, when I worked in mobile, and I didn't open the box. <laughs> I sold it immediately uh, because it was a pile of shit. Um, the the last physical keyboard phone that they did that was, like, really cool, and I actually that really liked it. Passport was actually really nice. No. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the BlackBerry Classic was absolutely beautiful. I'm sorry, Charles, that the BlackBerry Passport, there were so many things wrong with that phone. It was designed terrible. It had a yeah. shitty keyboard. It, like, the way you were typing on that keyboard, like, it, it just it was not balanced correctly. The, the screen was too wide for what it was offering it to do. It, it, was, it was just a terrible phone. The BlackBerry Classic was a way better phone than that. It, oh, it, it, 100%. Beautiful phone. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful phone. I said to my friends, if that thing had iOS on it, I would love to have it. But <laughs> Pick an Apple logo on it and I'll buy it a keyboard? <laughs> but, hey, you know, you know what? I would not be against a keyboard on a phone, but it has to be done right. I, you know, thinking about it after we had our conversation, Jason, I, I do, you know, I, you know, it's true. You know, it's a big phone. I just think it's, I, I, I just think that they need to refine touchscreen keyboards a little bit better because I don't know, aside from business, I just can't see it being appealing to just an average customer anymore, the physical keyboard. I don't, I don't know. I mean, look at Ryan Seacrest. He tried to do it, and now he's owing a lot of money. To BlackBerry. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's it's a great it's a great um, you know step in the right direction for BlackBerry. Um, I've been saying it for the past two or three years, ever since the, ever since the BlackBerry Ten came out. Like I said, they need to go with Android. They 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 need to go with Android, or they need to sell and become a hardware provider because no one, and I'm saying this right now, no one who has ever used a cell phone can deny the fact that BlackBerry is a solid phone. It is like it's the Volvo of phones. 
So Volvo. Volvo. That's, uh, not, that's the car company you decided to compare. I can no 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 no. Sorry, I completely. I completely Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Sorry. It so it's not environmentally friendly. Is that? Vol- I don't no. Know where built, you're going with this. built like a fucking tank. German engineering, man. They're built like tanks. All right, well, let's let's uh, let's move on. What else? What else do you got to We've talk got about? We've got Microsoft stuff. So Microsoft released a few new uh, hardware uh, things. Their first laptop uh, is coming out. Their like, engineered in-house Microsoft 10 laptop, which looks absolutely beautiful. Uh, we obviously got the new Surface coming out. Um, I'm not too well versed on the actual specs of it, but I know Jason that you're. You kind of have a bit of information on that, and Charles, I, I know you were talking about it as well. So, um, I think the thing looks great. Um, I think it's is definitely a competitor. Which, which thing do you think looks great? The Surface, they're, they're, the new laptop they have coming out. Um, yeah, um, it's an interesting. I mean, it's clearly targeted towards the um, the MacBook Pro users. Um, I was, yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, I think the coolest thing about it is it has a detachable tablet. I think that's a really interesting move by Microsoft. It's something I'm actually surprised Apple hasn't done, but maybe they're just waiting to copy it after they see how <laughs> how Microsoft does it. Um, I think it's a pretty cool product for, uh, and I think you know when we talk about uh, consumer versus enterprise markets, uh, laptops. Is actually a market where that you know still means something, uh, and I, I could see uh, where I work at a university, you know, the Surface laptop actually being something very. Uh, oh, you guys hear those sirens, eh? And uh, is someone I'm being actually, shot or killed? I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually currently being robbed. I'm just waiting, uh, <laughs> waiting for San uh, Sorry, so. I can tell you, working at a university-level environment uh, where we have quite a mixed array, you know, of hardware coming in and out, um, I could see this being a product that I recommend to clients. It's actually quite a high-end device, priced pretty competitively, given what's inside and under the hood. So, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it. If you guys are going to rush out and buy a, <laughs> a Surface laptop for, you know. Anywhere between fifteen hundred and I think the top tier one is almost thirty-five, if I'm not mistaken. They're not cheap. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I don't know about about you, Charles, but I mean, I find that the the uh, the laptop uh, kind of ecosystem now is going more premium than it used to be. I mean, before you could go out and get a laptop for four or five hundred dollars and you know be fine with it but now I mean these companies seem to be going with the more premium sized laptops I mean Apple's always been like that but now we're getting more companies into it so what's your impressions of the new the new hardware Charles Charles (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Charles (laughs) Charles let's just just all say his name over and over Charles Charles Charles. <laughs> What's the man talking about? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't really have too much opinion about it yet. I, uh, it's, well, what were you saying there, um, Jason? Yeah, it's 3,200 one terabyte solid state drive. I mean, I mean, it's some nice stuff for sure. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm pretty good in what I've got. 
I'm not really looking for anything. I think it's going to be nice to get it out there, though. I think uh, the thing with Microsoft that I find interesting is we're on our fourth our fourth iteration of the Surface tablet. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first two were kind of uh, Surface Pro 3 was actually not too bad. Uh, we'll see what Surface Pro 4 is like. I think Microsoft's a pretty interesting company because unlike Apple, who tends to only release a product once they've fine-tuned it and got it right, Microsoft seems to like pissing away money to beta test their shit as public release products and then thinking, oh, maybe we did this wrong, let's tweak it and re-release it as, you know, this new product. And, you know, now we've come all the way to the point where we have this, uh, this Surface, what is it, the Surface Book, I think it's called? Uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of crazy how Microsoft is definitely a company with money to throw behind taking the time to get things right or, you know, yeah. the way the way they feel it should be. So, uh, yeah, like, I'm not going to run out and buy one, but I think it's actually a pretty a pretty sweet idea. It's something that uh, I find it's uh, often with Microsoft, we don't think of them as a company that does, you know, really cool, innovative, crazy, fun products like this, but yet uh, lately they've been kind of surprising us with, uh, you know, with this and, you know, HoloLens and, you know, their partnership with Oculus, and, you know, they just have some cool stuff behind the scenes, and, and it's just not often you think of them as a company that has this this kind of stuff under their belt. So, quick side note: Toe for Grace has come out and defended Spider-Man Three. Go <laughs> okay. fuck yourself, Eric. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh wow, yeah, it's gonna it's hey, gonna fuck be fuck you to Toe for Grace. You're those guys geek apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That movie was a pile of shit. All right, that's another that's another uh, conversation. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna move on to a topic that obviously I'm insanely biased about, um, and everybody here at Those Guys Geek hates talking about, except for me. We're gonna talk about some Star Wars news now. Um, so the beta for Star Wars Battlefront, which is a very highly anticipated game, um, came out last week. Myself and Charles have played it. Uh, Fantastic. Jason Jason did not. We both agreed that it is a fantastic game, but now we're going to get into the part that me and Charles don't agree on. Charles believes it's like the old games, Battlefront and Battlefront 2. I completely disagree, except for certain areas, but I I, I can see where he's coming from, but I, it's just, I just think it has some different mechanics, but... The yeah. Good argument. Good argument. I the like core, that. The core of it is... <laughs> is um, is that like, I mean there is there is some still core elements there, but it doesn't have the uh, the checkpoint um, area where you get to like you know take over it now. It's more of so you gotta you gotta turn on these little sensors in order to get your Y wings or your Tie fighters to come in and stuff like that. But it's it's just a completely different game. Like it, it's I mean it's it's Battlefield pretty much is what it is with Star Wars. I just think it just feels way different isn't than the that, other games. Isn't that what I said about it before we started? Talking? <laughs> and then you were all like. No, uh, I want to hear your response to that. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it, like it, it is Battlefield. I never, I was never going to disagree that it's not Battlefield, but it's it, it's. I'm sorry. Here's the crazy thing that I heard about it that I thought was kind of interesting, uh, because I down, I did download it, but I just didn't have time to play it, unfortunately. So I thus deleted it. 
Uh, but I remember reading about how apparently if you were playing as the Rebel crew and you came up against the AT walkers, you were totally outgunned because the beta was purposely unbalanced. Uh, I guess there was a balancing yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. It was intensely difficult to take down the walkers as uh, as the Rebel yep. faction. Thoughts? <laughs> yes. I, 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 I agree. Now, the ATSTs, the the chicken walkers, um, uh, like in the first in the first player uh, campaign part there, I didn't find that too hard to take down. I don't know about you, Charles. Uh, I didn't do that. I didn't uh, get in any of the campaign. Well, so did, no, 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 no. Wait, what am I saying? No, no, I did. Uh, it wasn't too bad. No, no, no. Are you right? Yeah, but the but the AT AT the big walker oh yeah no yeah, yeah. well so, yeah those are kind of tough for sure but I look the game it it made me feel Battlefront from years past a lot of good memories in those games I don't know they're really good and I felt this one was it brought in everything that that they were about and have been about. And to your point, uh, Steve, of course they improved on things. And, you know, it's next gen, absolutely, right? But I don't, I don't think it's the same game, polished. I think it's, it's completely. It, I, I, I just think it does it so much better than the older Battlefronts ever did. But it feels like a new game. Is, is pretty much what my point is. Is yeah. like, it doesn't, it doesn't. Oh, it I, I don't think it feels like the older games. I think it feels like something new. I think too is it, probably part of that maybe because uh, you know we're talking about a game now like Battlefront. I don't know if they were really top tier games in their day. I mean they were very well regarded and they definitely have a following. But I mean they were developed by which studio developed them back? Uh, Pandemic. Pandemic, yeah. So I mean, and now you have a studio like EA, uh, and I believe Dice is involved. It's their engine yeah. that's running. It's Frostbite. Like we're talking about. Literally, this could probably be considered a spiritual successor rather than a direct successor to the old games in the sense that maybe that's why you feel it's such a new experience, Steve, is just because, you know, you know, it captures the essence of what the old games were, but on a much bigger scale with a much bigger budget with a much bigger company behind developing, developing what we see. So, Which well, is where you would feel your battlefield as well. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's it's kind of like what they're doing with the uh, with the new movie. Like, I don't expect to go in there and have the same experience that I had when I watched the original three, because it's gonna it it whether they you know they're doing more practical effects and stuff like that, but it's gonna look different. Um, and I don't have, I don't expect to have the same feeling when I go in with the prequels. At least I hope the fucking god I don't. <laughs> but because I mean I'm hoping that there's at least one or two sets on the new movie that are actually built and not green screen. But um, but yeah, like I don't know. I just thought it felt like a different game. Uh, definitely, you know, um, it had some like you said, Charles. You know, it had some of the core mechanics there that the older games had. You know, uh, like taking over the areas and and whatnot like it did before. But I just think it was a, a really fresh take on a game that. I think is going to be really crazy successful. I'll be very, I'll be very surprised if it's not. Um, but uh, but yeah, I always thought Battlefront was a great was a great game. That if it, if it came out now, it would be hugely successful. Here, here's um, here's my question. 
do you think that because of the timing of Battlefront, the name Star Wars behind it, and the fact that Battlefield has gotten increasingly popular over the last few years, that we might see a game from EA that finally outsells Call of Duty as the yearly shoot? Um, I think this could be a good contender to outsell Call of Duty, mainly because it has Star Wars attached to it. I also not, think, not, though, like, Call of yeah. Duty has been kind of shitting in bed lately, though. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but still, of, they, they still Duty's sell high, so that's why, uh, that's why I'm curious what you guys think about Call it. Call of Duty only sells high because you have the players that always come back for the multiplayer. Uh, Call of Duty could essentially just rid itself of its campaign now and just be a multiplayer game because, I mean, yeah, I know, like, people like yourself, Charles, I mean, I know, like, you, you play more multiplayer than you do the campaign if you've ever played the campaign. Oh, but yeah, Battle- i played every campaign, yeah. But even Battlefront doesn't have much of a campaign element, even straight from EA's announcement. It's mostly about the multiplayer. It, well, exactly, it, but that's where games like this need to go. I mean, we talked about a podcast or two ago that uh, Call of Duty is taking away the campaign in the older generation of systems. I think for games like this, that it's going that way now that these games are soon. There's going to be no campaign. Because, I mean, who I, I know guys that play Call of Duty, the past, like, six or seven of them, that they've never touched the campaign. They don't even know what the game's about. So they play they play multiplayer, multiplayer only. Will this game outsell Call of Duty? I don't know. That's a huge statement. Is it could it could it be the game from EA that does it? I think so. If if there is a game that could outsell Call of Duty, I think it will be this one. And mainly because it has Star Wars attached to it. I don't know. I think going back to your core gamer statements earlier and seeing Jason cancel his subscription or his his uh, pre-order, I don't know. I don't know. But I can, but I can kind of now. The thing is, is, I can understand where Jason's coming from because you know, if that game, like myself, I love Star Wars, so I'm going to get the Star Wars game. But I've uh, like I'm also a huge Assassin's Creed fan. I'm not getting Assassin's Creed. I don't have it pre-ordered because I know my time is going to be preoccupied with. Battlefront, and it's going to be preoccupied with Fallout. So, you know, there's just those smart gamers that are not getting certain games this year that are going to wait. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's called being an adult, and we just have too much responsibility to <laughs> well, play all this stuff, unfortunately. There's that, there's that, too. I mean, Halo 5 is coming out, Jason. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody who listens to the podcast knows how much of a fan you are about that game. I know you're going to be playing that game a lot. Um, Charles, I know you're more into the Call of Duty and the Battlefront games or Battlefield games, so I, I assume that you're gonna. I assume you're getting Battlefront and possibly the new. I'll Call meet of Duty. you on the field, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you have like games like Tomb Raider coming out, and uh, Fallout 4 is a big game. I just think like for for people like us, you know, who, who can't go out and spend tons of money, you know, you kind of gotta limit yourself and play the games that you really want to play, and then leave games that you d- don't necessarily really want to play off to the side. So, like for like for me, that's Battlefront and Fallout Four. Holiday is hard. It's uh, it's definitely the time where, uh, you know, from September on, it's where we get all these awesome games usually to play, and it's uh, you know, it's hard to decide what to pick up. So, <laughs> I, I hear you. But uh, guys, we've talked a lot about a lot of things tonight, and we've disagreed on a lot, obviously, because you know I'm 
fucking crazy. Blackberry uh, keyboards are stupid. Yeah, and the Nintendo <laughs> should only make games that appeal to me. But uh, do you do you agree with any of the stuff that we've said tonight? Uh, do you agree that you know? Are you looking forward to the new Nintendo system? Are you looking forward to the new BlackBerry? What do you think about Microsoft? You know, let us know in the comments down below. Please click like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Also follow us on Facebook at Those Guys Geek and on Twitter and on Instagram. And also you can also find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of Geek Out.